Hello and welcome to How to Start Up, a podcast for anyone starting a company. This is a collection of conversations with people who have all successfully started, run and even sold their own companies, sharing not only professional but personal experiences on what we should be doing now, next or never. Hosted by me, Juliet Fallowfield, founder of PR consultancy for startups Fallowfield and Mason. As we've been working alongside the pandemic for nearly two years, I wanted to interview founders who started their businesses in March 2020 and beyond, as anyone starting to think about founding a business will know no other world to operate in. As we know, this whole new world has thrown us curveballs, but not all of them are negative. So I'm hoping that hearing from recent founders with up-to-date work experience, so to speak, will really support more people in starting up. In this episode, we hear from co-founders Purdy Older and Margaret Ann Coyle of Spice Startups, the funding and liquidity platform for tech startups founded in 2020. Spice provides tech founders with the tools and resources required to effectively raise investment for their ventures. And their second venture is also set to launch this month, Hotbed, which is a place for the ecosystem's best startups to get funding and liquidity pillared around relevant content, accountability and community. Purdy and MA share with us their advice on how to bring in the revenue quickly while supporting your ultimate business idea and why it's important to have really worked with a co-founder before committing to starting up together. Hi, Purdy and Margaret Ann. It is great to have you on How to Start Up today. It would be wonderful if you could start with a brief introduction as to who you are and a little bit about the company you started. Hi, uh, my name's Purdy. I'm co-founder of Spice Startups. We develop the most efficient tools and resources to get the top startups and scale-ups funded faster. Yeah, I'm MA, Margaret Ann, other one's fine. And we started Spice about 18 months ago. We're just announcing the launch of a new company, Hotbed, uh, this week, actually. So this is perfect timing. So you started in August 2020, so fully aware that the world was heavy and falling apart. Why did you pick that moment to start? Because that could have been perceived as quite a tricky time to start. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was chosen. It was by circumstance. So myself and Margaret Ann met, what, three and a half, four years ago. And we were both in the same team working at the same company, which unfortunately went into administration as a result of the pandemic. And so we were both uh, made redundant at the end of July 2020 in, you know, middle of this pandemic In a way, it's kind of good, I think, because everyone always talks about it being difficult to start businesses when you have to leave behind, you know, the secure income and all of the benefits that you get associated with a company. And timing wise, I'm celebrating my second year redundancy anniversary today. So so in the same boat. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) you. Yeah. So like the fact that we were kind of forced into it was a bit of a blessing in disguise, because if we would have both had to have left you know, all the security behind and start something, I think it would have been a very different situation. But we're both in this situation. And we said to each other, you know, let's give it a couple of months, see whether we can make something of it. We don't have anything to lose now, but we have everything to gain. What did you do first when you started up? Um, It was a lot of conversations, honestly. We had a number of people reach out to us and then us just reaching out to our network, hopping on a lot of Zoom calls because still heavy COVID. Yeah, just a lot of like 20, 30 minute conversations with people who either, you know, knew what we were doing before and were interested in what we were thinking of doing next or um, just like cold outreach as well. And, you know, people who will give you spare 20 minutes to bounce ideas around with. 
So that was probably the next like three weeks once we started the company. But then at that same time, we were also dealing with the logistics of starting the company, like, okay, name, website, registration, banking, you know, GDPR on terms and conditions on your website, like all of that time consuming stuff, which you don't really think about until you actually have to do it. That was the first few steps. What gave you the idea for Spy Startups? So to be completely honest, the idea that we originally had isn't necessarily what we ended up doing. Oh, I love this. <laughs> so, yeah, so our idea originally was we knew that a lot of people were going to be in the same shoes as us. There was a lot of redundancies, a lot of companies closing down. And that is a time when a lot of people turn to entrepreneurship for exactly the same reasons that we did, either out of necessity or because it's, it's a good time because you haven't got anything to lose. And so a lot of first-time founders entering Our ecosystem means a lot of support is needed. There's so much that you have to go through as a a founder. Like Emma just said, some of it, you know, what do you need to set up? When, why, how, who's the best people to use? And so we wanted to start a program specifically for first-time founders um, that wanted to start businesses within the industry that they'd left. So they had the contacts and they knew, you know, the problem really well and they knew their solution really well, but they didn't necessarily know how to kind of build, launch and start a business. And that was our initial idea for Spice. What ended up happening was, as MA said, we had a lot of one-on-one conversations with people and we had 20, 30-minute calls with anyone that kind of offered it to us pretty much. And we knew that we needed to make money. That was very important. And so we started running these programs as a service because that was a quick, easy way to make money fast. And one of the first pieces of advice that was given to us was you need to understand your customers and what they want and build something that they want. And so the more we spoke to people, the more people were like, we need your programming skills. Like, can you come do this for us? We were like, okay, there's a customer group here, which is people that want to have these kind of programs built for their company. Let's do something for those people now so that we had a business and we were making money within the first month. And then that gave us the opportunity to build up a brand and a reputation with startups and people in the ecosystem, which has kind of got us to where we are now, which is that we're able to do more of our own thing and go back to supporting startups in the way that we originally intended to. Yeah, because you have to be realistic about this, right? Because if you have the best idea and no one buys it off you or transacts with you, you don't have a business. And I think that's something someone taught me in season two was that 90% of startups fail because they don't have any cash flow. So for you to have problem solved immediately and got going and had some bandwidth to then breathe a little is that something you'd advise people to plan either have a pipeline of budget to work to so how how would you tackle that financial I actually think that's one of the most like untapped resources for starting a company is that doing a little bit of like either consulting or offering services in the space that you want to eventually like build or launch a product or brand in is so beneficial because not only do you build your personal and company brand, but you're also hearing firsthand all of the challenges from the people that you like eventually want to sell to. So we work with, I think, over 1,200 startups now. But that is absolutely invaluable for us, um, you know, in understanding the specific problems and challenges that they face. And we already had a pretty clear image on that because from our prior work. So launching Hotbed, our new product and new company, 
we had a decent idea of what those challenges were, but hearing that like day after day from founders now is really useful on top of the cash you get. And also, you know, you're building commercial relationships with clients who can, you know, give you testimonials or can vouch for you in the future. Yeah, that dot connecting is magic and I find it really energetic. You're all in yeah. it together and I'm in a very similar position that I'm helping founders to own their own PR, but I'm also a founder. So I'm at that coalface with them and I know that they've got year end and I know that they're redoing their website and I know they're trying to recruit people. So I, I feel the pain on all those hats that you're wearing. So how do you yeah. juggle that? Given you're all co-founders and you've done this together, how have you divided and conquered the roles between you? It is, honestly, it is difficult. We initially started that we both did everything. More recently, it's been slightly easier to uh, divide and conquer, as you say. So, for example, we're actually launching a product. And so Margaret Ann is building the product right now. And that's a specific skill set that she has because she studied computer science at university. I didn't, I wouldn't know where to begin. So (laughs) for me, I was very much rabbit in the headlights. And I often say to friends, I'm still Bambi, but I'm sort of Bambi skating, not flat on the ice anymore. But for you guys, you've got each other. And is that support something that you'd recommend people? I mean, this is a loaded question because you are co-founders. You're not going to say, no, I'd much rather do it on my own. (laughs) But is there anything people should plan for? They're going to go into a co-founder partnership agreement. Oh my gosh, so much. Um, I would say therapy sessions or <laughs> yeah. one, one of the most important things is like whether or not you've worked with the person before. And it's not necessarily that you've just been like colleagues, but that you've actually had like a variety of different experiences together. So have you had to like work together to deliver something that's hard in a tight deadline when it's stressful? Those sort of things are really important. I think it's also very important, like a a few other things that I don't think I talked about enough is like making sure you both have similar values or similar like levels of integrity. Like the last thing you want is to have a co-founder who you think may be great at doing X, Y, and Z. And then you find out that they're really comfortable lying to clients or something like that. Mm. Um, So making sure like ethically you're aligned. And then also financially, like this was, this was something that I think we both got lucky about but we didn't talk about before that we both prefer to be really financially conservative with our company account that's really it reminds me of learning how to flat share and actually on the cleaning standard neither of you are right nor wrong you just have a different opinion on what you want and how you want it and with a business when it is you're working all the hours and you put a lot of time blood sweat and tears into it you need to be aligned on those values you're 100% correct although I have an issue with the word aligned because when people say we need to align on this it's a very I find it a very passive aggressive way of saying that we're not <laughs> you need to, yeah you need to come to my way of thinking about this yeah. Yeah. I'd like to focus a little bit more on the timing in the sense that you're coming up for two years in August Is there a word of wisdom around when to start, when not to start, or just start? Yeah, I think there's a like start by starting kind of thing. (laughs) Like, I think if you really want to start a business and you've got that fire in your belly, but there's all of these reasons, you've just got to just start. Even if it's a side hustle, you know, it's not like go quit your job tomorrow and forget all of your responsibilities, but just start doing something and then grow it from there. And is there something that you would advise new founders not to do? A pitfall I would avoid, don't start a company just for the sake of starting a company. Starting a company is like the exact opposite of 
you know, a, some glamorous narrative that is sometimes played up on the press. Yeah. It's just a lot of hard work. And so going, going back to the last question, like I think weirdly enough, a good way to know that you should start a company is if you can get like really angry about something. And I think if you have a cause that you feel very passionate about and you like you have an endless amount of fuel in your tank, that's a really good indicator that it's something that you're willing to like work hard on. And what really excites you about being your own bosses? I absolutely love the fact that there's stuff in the world I care very, very, very deeply about. And I get to work towards doing something about that every single day. And Purdy? I'm actually still struggling, to be honest. Like sometimes I think I work for Spice almost and like forget that Spice is my company. But when someone says Spice really helped them, some of these companies are like changing the world through, you know, health tech innovations and stuff. And someone comes and says like, you know, Spice helped me do that. I'm just like, whoa, like that's the company that we created that helped you do that. Like that still completely blows my mind. To be like, it's not the company that I worked for. It's like the company that we created together has like helped you to go on and succeed. That's massive for me. Yeah, fantastic. And any last golden nugget pieces of advice you'd like to offer a new founder? God, there's loads. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is so, so, so much of it. It's just like managing your own psychology and your own mindset and that your personal strengths and weaknesses, especially at the start before you have a team, are your company's strengths and weaknesses. And as you scale... And as you grow and bring on new people, that will just like compound. So you need to make sure that you're have like really good people around you to point out your blind spots and also to give you strength when you need it, because the last thing you want is to grow and then end up you have a massive, massive problem um, that is in like of your own making. And how about you, Eddie? And the other thing, which is the more like personal learning that I found was the people around you, if they haven't set up a business, they don't really know what it takes and what it means to be a founder. So as an example, like MA said, like being a founder is seen as quite cool now. But what people seem to think it means is you can take time off whenever you want. You've got unlimited holiday days. You can start work late, finish work early. You've got a company bank account. Why don't you just expense it? Why don't you expense this dinner that we're having together? Because you can just put it on the company. Like there are so many comments I get all the time where people don't seem to understand that the company bank account that's our money that we're not going to just spend that on someone else and we get paid last you know yeah yeah and then like we work all the time we don't have unlimited holiday days if anything we probably take less holiday than someone that gets 20 days a year as standard because we're so passionate about what we do and we're constantly wanting to use the time to our advantage. I don't know about you. I found it's my female friends who have babies going, oh, great, come for brunch on Monday. I'm like, are you mad? Like that's (laughs) even less likely to happen now than it ever was before when I was expected to be in an office. There's one more thing I'll add on what Purdy was saying there is like, including potentially some of the like quote unquote advice I've shared in this podcast. There's so much shit advice out there that if you follow will like kill your business. And I find this to be especially true when people who haven't run a startup try to give you business advice, especially people who have worked for like larger companies before and don't understand like what it means to have financial constraints or like what an actual startup budget is. Take every single bit of advice with a grain of salt. 
it's a really difficult, constant game of having to balance advice and also uh, what your instinct and what your intuition and what the past results of your work have been. Yeah, That's like the constant game that you need to follow and like never, ever take advice blindly. Thank you so much. And I'm writing half of this podcast into our company handbook as we speak. It's so useful. So thank you. <laughs> it's been really lovely to uh, talk about spice and hotbed. It's been, uh, it's been really great having this conversation. I love doing stuff like this. And uh, anyone that wants to connect, I look forward to talking to you. If you'd like to contact Purdy or MA, you'll find their contact details in the show notes, along with a recap of all the advice they have so kindly shared. Thank you for listening to How to Start Up. I hope these conversations offer you some confidence, encouragement and reassurance that you're on the right track. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd be so appreciative if you were to rate, review and subscribe as it will really help other people starting a company discover it. 